We don't do that here. Welcome back to the ultimate fucking casual. Who is that? That's me. I'm Leo. I don't know much about MMA. I'm joined by my good buddies, Chief and Nathan, who do know a fair, a fairly good amount about MMA. Um, all right. So first things first, Chief, you've been away. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the World Task Force for uh, <laughs> bringing back Brock. Did you find our senior correspondent? <laughs> he's he's around somewhere. He's been in a he's in a weird mood at the moment. Like he's uh he's doing a lot of sleeping. He's uh, he's molting a lot. So yeah. Coming back from captivity, he'll do that. Yeah, my, my wife's home now as well. So he's going and being her husband for yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so I've been holding this one. And I, I was waiting for you to come back to this. I watched finally the movie Devil's Advocate. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, so the only reason I bring it up there's a there's a sequence in there where um, Al Pacino's character takes hit like the Keanu Reeves's character to a Roy Jones fight. It was the, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the the fight was against Bryant Brannon in that was October fourth, nineteen ninety six. Oh, that's that means it'll have been super middleweight, right? I think. Yeah, that's super middleweight. It was the IBF title. Yeah. Man, that guy was like ubiquitous. He was, he had his claws into pop culture. That's pretty wild. That the, it wasn't a staged event. Like they actually went and recorded at the fight. That's pretty crazy. Oh, that yeah, is cool. cool. Yeah. It's what they've done with the the. MMA movie that Jake Gyllenhaal's in. One of the recent UFC events, they had, they did the weigh-in, and then they filmed uh, Jake Gyllenhaal doing like a fake weigh-in at a UFC event, and then on fight night, uh, they had him like walk to the cage with the crowd there, and like go in the cage and you know like go through the motions and do some stuff. So that's so <laughs> it's a weird parallel that we're getting the same sort of experience there with the uh, MMA. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. Film that's coming out. Was it the first Ocean's Eleven movie that had like a staged Lennox uh, Lewis? Lennox, yeah, Lennox Lewis and uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, the brother of it was Vitali. Yeah, it was Vitali Klitschko. And like the lights go off at a certain point, and then they start like breaking in the middle of the ring. Oh yeah, the corners jump in and they all start brawling. Uh huh. In the like the commotion or whatever. But yeah, that was pretty cool. I, th- I thought that was cool. I thought you'd appreciate that, Chief. You should check. And it's a great movie. <laughs> I definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, okay. Uh, but on to a bit of MMA news. Francis Ngannou signs to PFL. Did you guys... I only saw the headline that he did. Is Do you guys have any word on like how many fights... Uh, contracted uh, guarantees per fight that any kind of any oh, that his, kind of information his contract is wild like i don't know if it specifies how many fights but he has got like a stake in the company now wow and he's got he guaranteed like he, there's like guaranteed pay for him and all of his opponents or something like that 
So yeah, he he's got everything that he basically was asking for from like the UFC. Damn. So um, Ngannou gets a oh. a stake in PFL, and PFL is going to be buying Bellator. It looks like they're going to be acquiring Bellator. Man. Um, so I've I've got the details of front of me now. It's only for two or three fights. I know one of I know one of these they're going to allow him to do boxing. So if he wants to, if he ends up getting a fight with like Fury or somebody like that, they're going to be okay with it. He's guaranteed a high seven-figure purse for each fight. He's going to get a split of the event's net profits, a signing bonus or salary to serve as a brand ambassador for PFL, the right to have his own sponsors in the cage. I mentioned the boxing stuff. No champions clause or other extensions. And then, like we said before, a minimum salary, possibly as high as one million, for his opponent. I am very surprised they they suggest this. I mean, did you see the uh, Dana's post uh, fight interview at the weekend? Either of you? Yeah, yeah. where he was kind of throwing he shade. Was, at he was asked about this. Yeah, he was asked about this, and he well, he shared at Ngannou, but then he was saying that uh, the PFL basically there's no like legitimacy to their business and what money they have, and then buying Bellator is going to be an extremely sketchy bit of business indeed. But maybe it's Dana just been a hair, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would take his word at face value. I'm sure there's some truth <laughs> to it, but I, I don't know. But I wouldn't trust him, like with anything. Do you, do you mean about what he said about the Floyd fight? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I made that shit happen. Like, are you fucking I, kidding I, me, bro? Floyd never got I paid. Floyd met Dana White. He was broke before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, scrappy no names fighter from Grand Rapids. <laughs> All right. Um, anything more on uh, Ngannou to PFL before we head off to? Our yeah, I. They're, they're going to lose money on him. I'm pretty sure because do they even do pay per view PFL? They're going I don't to start. Think they do, do they? Uh, they probably going to start. Vote. I bet they will. They're going to start is, with Jake Paul. Is is Engano a big enough name to attract them? Because what the UFC has is that everybody thinks that it's a prim- the premier MMA promotion, so they they know they'll tune in to that to see, in air quotes, the quality content. I've watched very few PFL events. Is his name big enough to attract two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand? Yeah, exactly. Can can he bring in the pay per view buys? I don't think so. I'm not so sure. Especially when you have what are perceived to be like second, third, fourth tier opponents. Uh, I, I'm not sure that's going to yeah. sell very well. There, well, there that's is. That's a good point. Who's he going to fight? Well, <laughs> the it's kind of, maybe that's a good thing for PFL because Ngannou is a guaranteed highlight reel that they can they can sell. Like it may take one or two fights for the the hype to come back, but there is no one in PFL or Bellator I think that could survive more than a round with Ngannou. So he could go on a four or five, six fight streak of just knocking guys out in the first round. I think people would tune into that, especially if they kind of absorb Bellator and get that side of the market. Now, they're not going to like jump up and be a real UFC competitor, but you know, I could see them pulling like top rank boxing numbers and maybe that's enough to like, maybe they can establish themselves like, you know, they're, they're staying afloat. They're not, you know, just bleeding revenue. 
So on that about Nganu possibly going on like a stretch of highlight KOs, it makes me think that that uh, opponent purse guarantee is like, hey, you're going to get fucked up by this guy. So here's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is going to take your fucking head off. So (laughs) here you go. He he's so he's going to be a can crusher. That that's what it yeah, is, right? Yeah, right. Who who's he? They're saying about the the they're not going to give him any exclusive clauses where he can't go do boxing. It, uh, the only fight I see really happening is the Fury fight. And that's because Fury doesn't want to box a live body or somebody he can beat. I don't see Wilder or AJ fighting him. Usyk's not going to fight him either. So <laughs> who's he going to fight from the boxing side? Like. Oh, we think he's something like Derek Chisora. <laughs> Chisora. Fucking Delphi. Yeah. Dillian White. That could happen. Yeah, there was also some some talk like on the grapevine about Tyson Fury and Ngannou's like teams or whatever starting to ne- starting negotiations or opening negotiations. So like the, we were we expected this. We've been talking about it for for like three or four episodes now. Fuck Tyson Fury, number yeah. one, but... Like... <laughs> oh, man, I didn't get to say it. I'm sick. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. That, that was a while ago, and we know Fury is going to ask for... He, what was he demanding from Usyk? Was it 70-30? It yeah. was, wasn't it? What's what's it going to be with Vengano? Because he, he's definitely not going to give him... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's well, probably what it'll be. That's how delusional Fury is. 70-30 would still be, like... 30% of a Fury fight could be more than Ngannou's entire UFC winning. Yeah, that's what I was so just going to say. So he may say yes to that. I was going to say that yeah. 90 10, that 10 might be more than Ngannou's made ever. It's all thing about leaving that he was pushing to get paid fairly and, you know, all these other things. So is he going to take just 10 million? Because the, the UFC offered him something like 6 or 7 million a fight if he was champion. Well, that's what's been leaked anyway. So he said no to that. I don't think Ngannou would say yes to 10 million to fight Fury. Definitely not. 7 million if he's champion, though. Which, I don't know, yeah. with the likes of John Jones hanging around, does, how long is he going to be able to hold on to a belt if he were to get it? <laughs> it's funny you say it, mention John Jones because they're talking about him fighting Fury. Yeah, well. I saw that today. Um, Jesus been... Christ. <laughs> oh my, what the fuck is happening? It's just Dana being Dana, though. There's no chance that fight ever gets made. Yeah, we're having like a banner year in both sports. So I don't see why we're going to be. There's no need to cross pollinate right now. No. In case of emergency. Banner year in both sports. I I don't know if we're going to talk about this episode, but that weekend. Oh in my god. July. Yeah. yeah. UFC 291 and fucking Spence. I meant to oh add that to god. the end. We'll get to that at the end. So we'll, we'll end so we can oh, see how much time we yeah. have. Thank god. <laughs> thank yeah. god because I want to talk about that forever. That is quite the weekend. It is. And five days before it is in a way in Fulton. So, so. that's a solid <sighs> midweek teaser right there. <laughs> that's an appetizer, isn't it? It is, yeah, that's the appetizer. The the nibbles, the super bantam nibbles. Uh, all right, let's get into the recaps real quick so that we can uh, press on and we can finally talk about July 29th. All right, uh, Friday, May 12th, since we last convened, that was a Bellator card in Paris. I didn't watch it. Uh, these It looked like pretty mid 
guys. They just had like French dudes uh, in the headlines, and I believe they both lost. <laughs> French co- French combat sports is in the bin, so whatever. Fabian Edwards and Brent Primus get decisions over Gerhard Musasi and Gerhard. 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 Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mansour Barnau. Barnoy. That one was bad. <clears throat> but yeah, <laughs> that's a middleweight fight, lightweight fight, respectively. Rest in Paris. All right. <laughs> On the 13th was a UFC fight night. This was on location in North Carolina, which is pretty cool. And you guys told me, like, this is when, usually when they have, like, good sort of caliber fighters, not, like, prospects. So the fight nights, they tend to be, like, sort of your your mid-tier, maybe, like, middle of the rankings or, like, guys trying to crack the rankings versus an apex where you'd see primarily uh, unranked guys and maybe a fight at the top that is a ranked card. All right. That's sort of the tiers of those, the fight night versus an apex. I'm just going to list off the uh, results real quick. Uh, Alex Morono, submission in two over Tim Means. Carlos Ulbert, KO1 over Ihor Potieria. That one, they said it a lot. Ian Gary, KO1 over Daniel Rodriguez. Wait, do I have that backwards? Uh, no, Ian Gary won. Um, okay. It's worth just a, just a mention on Gary. I know we're, we're flying through, but... He's uh, he's sort of trying to cultivate this like McGregor-esque following and energy. Yeah, like, he, was he keeps playing the mentioning Irish card. Yeah, um, I don't know how many, I don't know how much more legs he's got. I don't even know if he's ranked yet, but um, he's quite similar to Paddy Pimlet. I think he's better than Paddy, but I don't think he's going to go very far up the rankings. He's definitely not going to be champ. He actually just cracked the top 15. He's ranked 13 after that win. Yeah, I was going to say he wasn't wow. ranked before, but I'm sure he is now. Uh, okay, Johnny Walker, who was ranked 7th, uh, gets a UD over Anthony Smith. And uh, Jolton Almeida gets a submission in the first versus Rosenstruck guy person. <clears throat> All right, let's start at the bottom. I thought this one was pretty cool. Submissions are always fun. Like, as I'm getting, as I'm getting to learn more about MMA specifically like groundwork submission submission wins are getting to be more fun for me but are these guys is Alex Murrow going to be a player at welterweight can he be a player at welterweight uh, well Tim Means is like he should be in the nursing home already uh, he's that he's that old and he's been going that long um, Moreno subbing him isn't that surprising it doesn't really tell us a lot about Morono because Tim Means is just that bad and that old. Oh, jeez. Um, maybe one to watch, but <laughs> he's not pulling up any trees by submitting Tim Means in the second round. <clears throat> okay, let's uh, let's move it along here. Carlos Oberg. Let's... Oh. What's that? Someone who, uh, yeah, I was about to say, let's move it along to someone who might be uprooting some trees. Uh, Carlos Oberg. <laughs> um. So he obviously got the, the KO in round one. And this guy, he made his UFC de- debut a couple fights ago. And he looks good. Like, I know light heavyweight has got some killers on top of it. But I watched his only loss. He got knocked out in the second round by... Ooh, I can't, resp- can't pronounce his name. But he got knocked out by a guy. <laughs> and <laughs> we'll just say that. Guy person. Um, yeah, stand-in, generic UFC fighter. And you could tell then his cardio was just not super there. Like, he was just 
no defense, but he looks like a different. He, he's he seems like he's improved that as he's gotten uh, a couple more fights under his belt. And just going off the eye test, I mean, that that check left hook that he landed that, to kind of spell the end here. That was that was impressive. Um, I I mean, obviously, I'm not sure if he's earned a ranking off of that. He's probably still got a ways to go before you could even put him in the same category as the likes of like AP or or Yon or Jamal Hill. But uh, I would keep an eye on this guy. I don't know, Chief. Have you seen any of his fights before? Yeah, a, a little bit. He's um, he fights out of city kickboxing, so he's the same gym as Adesanya, uh, Volkanovski, uh, those guys. The only the only problem for him is he's thirty two years old already. Um, I suppose he's in a division where they do go a bit older, you know, like heavyweight and heavyweight. He's he's got a chance to. Uh, he's got maybe he's got quite a bit of a career to go ahead of him, but um, it's going to be. He's not ranked. He's probably going to need, another, like you say, another fight to get ranked. Does he trouble the top five? I don't. Probably not. But he, like you said, that check left up. It's beautiful to watch. It's going to be fun watching him slice through guys until he gets a ranking and he gets up there. So how he looked versus how Johnny Walker looked, I'm trying to remember which one yeah. of you told me like that Johnny Walker just question mark. Kind Both of, of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really sorry well, I set your expectations for that fight. I think in the last episode I said he's the guy who either gets some stellar knockout or he gets knocked out in stellar fashion. Yeah, that's and right. Neither option. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> neither one. Holy shit, Johnny Walker. How does Ulberg hang with, uh, like, rank seven Johnny Walker? Oh, against well, that Walker, Walker, I think anyone with a pulse beats the hell out of him. That was not a very good fight, Walker versus Smith. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to say Ulberg would beat him, but, I mean, give him a couple fights. I, think, I don't think Walker has much of anything to give this division he looks washed if i in my opinion he he's been knocked out brutally a few times already like yeah i think you're right he's i think he's coming to the downward slope of his career i think any chance of a belt that he had is probably two or three fights behind him anthony smith is a solid guy but not knocking him out when you're a huge guy like walker and you've got power not it's not looking good so um should we uh get johnny walker in touch with bare knuckle fc that's typically where they're gonna go yeah that's typically where they go right (laughs) he probably will end up there him and uh tim means can go together (laughs) he's definitely got the bare knuckle vibe yeah he does yeah he fights like a fucking ape he looks ridiculous (laughs) he does i mean it's told you he's he's insane (laughs) All right, do we want to touch on uh, Ian Gary a little more? The uh, wannabe Conor McGregor here? <laughs> uh, I mean, he got KO in the first. It's Not a whole lot to take you know, that's, Well, it's that, but it, it, I think it continues the hype, doesn't it? It keeps keeps on building. You get early knock <laughs> knockouts. And, you know, I mean, Daniel Rodriguez isn't... He's no killer, but, you know... <laughs> I just, I just think with somebody like Gary, I think there's a lot of weight on him to be as good as McGregor, or you know, just in the same ballpark. 
and I'm not how I'm not sure how much further he'll carry that. I'm really not. I will say this in his favor. I think his hype train will continue at least for a couple more fights because he's got some older guys that are ahead of him that I think he'd have a good chance of winning. So like, you know, Vicente Luque, he's definitely starting to go over the hill. You know, Steven Thompson, he's getting pretty old. You know, so there's a chance that he could move up the rankings into that top 10 and maybe keep this going a little bit longer. But, you know, he's got... He's got a murderer's row ahead of him, so I don't know. We're just going to have to see, see what he's going to prove on his game. Can you imagine if he does knock out uh, Wonderboy Thompson? That would be huge for his hype, I think, because oh, Thompson's be known as this elite striker, isn't he? You know, And Gary's you know got kickboxing style as well. That's mm-hmm. probably the fight to make next. I know Thompson's fighting on the um, July 29th card, but... I would want to see that. Actually, that would tell us more about how far he can go from a pure striking perspective as well. It's really unfortunate that he's going to be. People are can't help it, like because being Irish, like, yeah. they're going to compare him to McGregor. Can't can't not do it. It's going to happen. But just from what I see of of Conor McGregor outside of his, you know, like hype building antics, he really, really shows up for Irish combat athletes he was at the katie taylor oh, man. card he i've i've been thinking that his like character and sort of larger than life antics were just down to proper 12 and cocaine for the last couple of years but given the way he's so passionate about fighting you, you can see that bare knuckle event he went to where he told alvarez to throw the uppercut and then alvarez does and he lands it I think I think you're right. He shows up for Irish guys, but I think just in general, he's just a huge, huge fight fan. Um, yeah, it's, that should be more of he, like a mentor-mentee relationship than it is like trying to make them rivals or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the way he showed up for—I mean, I know he sponsored the event with Kate Taylor, but um, you could see him at the end on ringside. He was absolutely gutted when it was uh, read out and she got beat. Yeah, he shows up for the. Conlon brothers when the other one used to fight as well, but he goes to the Conlon yes. brother fights. He's always there for Irish athletes. It's pretty cool to see that. Um, mm. All right, heavyweight submission in one. They didn't seem like they were very good. At least that's what I gathered. So I'm not sure what to take away from this. So uh, Almeida is, I guess, this kind of crop of light heavyweights that are moving up to heavyweight and realizing that that extra weight really isn't a problem when you're fighting someone who's not very skilled, like Chai Rosenstrike, or at least is very limited. So I don't think Rosenstrike can do anything besides punch slowly at this point in his career. So Almeida, I don't know, he's hard to, with how shallow the heavyweights uh, have been in terms of like grappling and stuff like that in recent years, you could see Almeida maybe making a little bit of noise but i mean he was kind of he was it, this was like reminiscent of the jones gone fight where uh strike had no answer for his submission game or his grappling game mm. anything more on this card the 13th no not for me all right at the apex on the 20th was another fight night card this one was headlined by mackenzie dern and from what I read before, that fight was supposed to be on the 13th, but it got bumped 
for reasons. I didn't see why, but nonetheless. Mackenzie Dern gets a UD over Angela Hill. Mackenzie ranked 8th in the strawweight division. Anthony Hernandez KO3. I keep wanting to say Loopy. They were saying it was like Lopi. <laughs> Lopi Godinez gets a UD over Emily Ducot, Ducote. Uh, Joaquin Buckley gets KO2 over Andre Fialo and Diego... Uh, they said this. yeah Pereira. they said they were the way that they were saying it on the broadcast was very different from that so I, I don't know what's reality anymore gets the ko2 over michael johnson straw weights is there is there a whole lot going on here because like in boxing nobody gives a shit about straw weight most people don't even know it exists well straw weights like the probably the good division for in, women and women's mma yeah that's where rose and zhang and Carlos Barza are. Okay. You all know as well. Was. Yeah, one of one of the best fights, some of the best fights I've ever seen in the UFC have been a female strawweight. Like, um, you just, Jeanne versus uh, Joanna. <laughs> the way Joanna looked at the end of that fight. Um, Joanna versus uh, Karolina Kavalkovic as well. That was a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a solid division. Uh, let's continue. Okay, the only fight that I recall was the Joaquin Buckley fight, which mm-hmm. was pretty fun. Like the he looked a lot. I think they said he's from Brooklyn, and he definitely had that Mike Tyson style of moving when he's trying to set up his striking. The lead rear kick was it looked kind of awkward. It didn't like he was trying to use that to set things up and. It, it really wasn't working for the longest time. But um, other than that, I can't recall too much about the rest of the card. I kind of want to talk real quick. Do you remember anything from the the Ferreira and Johnson fight? Not... That had, that had... Well, first it had a really great knockout. It was like the guy was out on his feet before he even hit the ground. Um, I remember but this the was knockout. also yeah. So right before that is one of the cool things I like about them continuing the Apex fights is like you can hear the coaches yelling the instructions and you can hear it like clearly on the mic mm-hmm. whereas in a normal fight it's just drowned out by crowd noise and you could hear Ferreira's coach telling him quit kicking him he's trying to counter you you need to get back to the jab and he he does that and he uses the jab to kind of set up his knockout punch and it it's all like coached like to him and he, he does what his coach tells him and gets the knockout that was just for me a real cool moment and why I still really like these Apex fights you get moments like that. It's like, oh, that's how they kind of game plan and coach yeah. coaching in real time. The bubble fights in like at the end of 2020, that boxing had similar situation. Like you could hear the coaches the entire time. I, I appreciate that a lot too. <sighs> I think Chief, this is the one you said you're not too familiar with, right? Yeah, I didn't. I've, I've not uh, seen this one yet. All right. So then, do we press on? We shall. All right. We're pressing on. Okay. So prediction points. Stand thus, Nathan at 15, and Chief has pulled ahead at 17. So we only have one card to preview before we'll convene again, and that is the June 3rd Fight Night card. It's not this one. Uh, which day is it? It's, the, it's June 24th. That's when, uh, that's when my wifey is fighting again. 
It's Macy Barber. Whoa. Yeah, the um, I'm you, I'm just the mark. That's all I am. Did you not like Mackenzie Dern? Is she not wifey as well? <laughs> Something about them being able to kick my ass like at a moment's notice just makes them all great. <laughs> all right, all right. The June third card. We got to get predictions. Stop me if there's one you want to you want to highlight. So Jamie Malarkey versus Garam. Last name. I think he's from Georgia. This is a lightweight bout. No, I'm, I'm not familiar with either of them two, sadly. Nathan, have you got anything? Malarkey is... Malarkey's slang for bullshit, isn't it? Familiar. I believe he got knocked out in his last fight. Oh, no. He beat Michael Johnson by decision in his last fight. He's okay. He's been around a while. He's got a 16-5 and record. I'm not so much familiar with his opponent. Crazy last name, though, so kind of like that. <laughs> Is oh, that, this guy looks a like a sign? killer too. Oh, this guy looks like a killer. Kutatala. I'm, I'm pick. Oh yeah, I'm picking him. <laughs> my, I'm picking this guy by KO. Just write that down now. All right, Nathan by KO. Right, right. I need, I need to. Uh, you say he looks like a killer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's killed a man before. <laughs> oh, yeah. that man's gone to war before. Yeah, hundred percent. Let me send you this. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this guy has seen it all, man. Yeah, he was there when they invented Sambo. <laughs> so you guys both taking Kutata lots? No, do you know what? To be different, I'll go with Mulliki. Need to give Nathan a chance to catch up, don't I? <laughs> so merciful. <laughs> is this going to be a decision? Yes. All right. Kareen Silva versus Ketlin Souza. This is a flyweight fight. Anything going on here? God, this is a tough card for me. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, this is just going to be a guess on who's going to win. I'm going to go with... Well, I was just about to say I'm going to go with Sousa because she sounds Brazilian, but Silver's probably Brazilian as well. They're both Brazilian. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Sousa. I'll go with, I'll go with Silva just because Sousa doesn't have a picture on ESPN. That's so. who, I remember that, <laughs> yeah. No photo. I remember that when I was looking this up. All right, Tim Elliott ranked 11th in flyweight versus Victor Altamirano. What weight class is this? Flyweight. Elliott. I'm going to go Victor because Tim Elliott's been around a long time. He's, he's quite weathered. I'll take the old fella. How will Elliott? He won his last fight again on the Covington Mosvidal card. But this is a total guess, too. I, I really don't know <laughs> anything about his opponent. Okay, lightweight. Jim Miller versus Ludovic Klein. Miller's an old head, isn't he? He's been around yeah, a while. He's, a, he's another one, yeah. This is this makes me lean towards Klein, but... Do you know what? I'll take Miller. Sorry, sorry Leo, I know you just typed it, but I'll <laughs> take Miller. Take Miller, sorry. Ludovic Klein. I guess I'll be different and take him. I don't know anything about... Oh, his nickname is Mr. Highlight? Oh, yeah. I'm going Kutatalad's face. I can't like he's like staring into my soul from my computer screen. <laughs> he's gonna be on you sleep par sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually like a good description of what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever have kids and they say like, oh, there's a monster in the closet, like this is what's looking at them. All right, featherweights. Yeah, the picture you just show them means like you want to see a real monster, kids. Here's this. <laughs> All right, flat, uh, featherweights. Alex Caceres ranked 15th versus Daniel Pineda. 
this is the makings of like a mauling. Pineda has not fought really since 2020. Yeah, Actually, just... that's a lie. He's fought one. He's fought earlier in March. That was his first fight uh, in three years. since 2020. Yeah, basically. Wow. Uh, won by submission. But Alex Caceres, he's solid, is he not? Yeah, he is. Um, solid, enough, solid enough to break into the rankings. This is this a is tough one. It's a real tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll go right. Caceres. Um, he's been way more active. Well, yeah, I'm gonna go Pineda. It's just boring when we pick the same guy. Um, flyweights. This is the main event. Kai Kara Francis for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've let uh, you've let uh, Nathan have the first pick a couple for the last couple. <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right, and then Amir Albazi. So do I have to take this Amir guy, even though he's gonna get nah. throttled? You don't have to. <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm hitching my wagon to France as well then. All right. So is this Kai Kara France? going to save France's combat sports reputation? Could it be done? <laughs> I think he's a New Zealander. Yeah, I think so. I think, or, or Australian. Yeah, he's, again, he's what another a, city kickboxer. What a curse, there. man. What a curse. You're not even from France, but you're named after that fucking shithole. And now, <laughs> and now oh, Albazi's going to com- fucking murder you just because the, the weight of France's failures <laughs> is on your shoulders. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. that's it for our previews. Like, there's, I want to say that they like they skipped the weekend, but that's it for the previews. Okay. Now a little bit of outro. Um, hold on. Let me see how we're doing on time here. Not bad. Forty minutes. All right. So Volkanovski versus uh, Rodriguez is set. This is like everyone's favorite thing about UFC. You know, when there's an interim champion, he immediately gets set up to fight the champion when they're back from doing whatever. So Volkanovski, he just lost to Islam. Is that his most recent fight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I saw that. And I haven't seen Rodriguez fight, but Mexico is making waves right now in MMA. At least there's a couple ladies doing it anyway. And as like, and Mexico is just putting British boxing into the dumpster and setting it on fire <laughs> where it belongs yeah so it see, it really seems like the the aztec warrior spirit is is coming up there does is that enough to hang with a guy like volkanovsky oh yeah yeah can definitely catch him with like one of his wild techniques but volk's just such a beast man and i think we've seen him jump a level jump up a level with that islam fight it's really difficult for me to say that Yaya is gonna win that fight. I think I think Volk definitely wins that fight. Maybe it, go, it probably goes to the decision as well. He probably gives Yaya a bad bad beat in five rounds. Damn, just that. That's that's a pretty big statement. Yeah, I was dude. kind of thinking that. <laughs> I think that coming. I think Volk showed just a level, just different a different level to his game coming up to fight Islam and performing the way he did. But I do think just going from you're fighting this ultra-dominant wrestler to fighting an ultra-dominant striker, I think that's going to be an interesting flip. Now, he did do that when he went from Holloway to, to Islam. But I do think having to totally switch gears, I think initially that's going to give Yair an advantage where, it, especially he the guy who starts pretty fast, I think he's going to throw a lot of unorthodox stuff at him that'll keep him on his toes in the first two rounds. Um, I think Volk ultimately will win 
and I think you know he may just sweep the last two or three rounds. But I think early on this fight's kind of on a knife's edge. I think Yari is going to throw the kitchen sink at him, and it's going to give Volk a lot of pause. Try to initially. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Volk is quite cautious with reading feints and committing to big sort of. I don't, you know, the the way he kind of he rushed uh, Islam quite a bit in the fight, didn't he? I don't think we'll see him do that with Yaya. I, th- I think we'll see him be a lot more measured. Probably bite on, uh, work bite on feints. Keep it very sort of close for like the first couple of rounds. I was just going to say it and hope Yaya gasses, but I don't. I've never seen Yaya go five rounds. I don't think so. I'm not sure what his gas tank's like. Yeah, and if he's trying to get him out early, uh, it, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like he tries to get him out early to avoid having to show his gas tank and then it ends up being more shallow than anyone realized or anyone expected. Yeah. Well, so I don't remember the specifics of this fight, but he fought Holloway and that went to a decision. I do remember the last couple fight or last couple rounds of that fight really swinging into Holloway's favor. So Mm -hmm. I think that might rear its head again. I don't, he doesn't go the decision often. He, he KOs most of his guys within the first three rounds. Yikes. Yeah. Isn't that a, like a Mike Tyson thing? Like after round four, his KO percentage drops like 90%, something like that. And yeah. In fact, it loses his, most of his distance fights. Uh, yeah, but um, it seems like a kind of similar situation where things don't, the longer it goes, the the worse it gets for Yair if he if he doesn't get him out early. Now I don't know if you could yeah. ever count him out completely though because he did have that crazy absolute last second KO that he threw against uh Korean Zombie. He elbowed him with like a second left and won. Nice. And that but that was like a zombie almost like through the fight. Like I had no clue what he was doing. He just had to back up and he would have won. Is wait, this so this is set for July. Is this the July 29th? No. No? No, that's like July 7th. Okay. Just making sure I'm not off my gourd here. Um, oh, man. If that was on the July 29th card, like, <laughs> I don't know if I could handle it. That'd be too much. I'd have to Steve Buscemi myself so I could watch both. <laughs> uh, let's get... Um, so this is something that happened in the, in the boxing realm on the 13th. It was a 140-pound fight. Fucking loudmouth Rolando Romero is fighting uh, a- absolute no-name Ismael Barroso. This was for, like, an interim title. So Barroso oh ha- was the number one contender for ages and ages and ages. And the champion piss is hot, so he's, you know, trying to contest his the, the rulings or whatever. So Raleigh Barroso, this interim title winner, fights the Cuello when he gets back. Barroso's, like... He lo- he's 40 years old, which is fucking old in any, pretty much any sport, except maybe like golf or something. And he, but he looks like he's 65. You know what I mean? The guy <laughs> looks super fucking old. He even has like old man sort of slouch and like barrel chest. Uh, and, but he just proceeds to beat the shit out of Raleigh. The, the young fucking brash, uh, run his mouth upstart, gets his, gets a spanking from Papa 
And for <laughs> some fucking reason, I want to say round seven. It was round nine. Excuse me. Raleigh hits Barroso like once. Barroso's oh, very, he's very clearly self, he's aware, he's throwing back. Uh, he, you know, he's still in it. He's not, he's not in danger. He's not hurt and, you know, don't need a, but Tony Weeks, who is typically a really good referee, <laughs> steps in and stops it, pulls Barroso out of the fight. Raleigh wins. I, yeah, that was uh, pretty upsetting for me. Just, just to see that Tony Weeks. You either die the hero or live long enough to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> and, and like, Barroso being 40, being from Venezuela, you know, think, like, the economic situation there isn't very good. So this is this was, like, life-changing for him, and it could have been so much better if he had been allowed to continue because he would have fucking won. You, you could have... Usually when there's a stoppage, even if it's a controversial one, the guy's hanging on, you know. The, the the guy you know gets called off. He's he's hanging on. At no point do you look at the footage of the stoppage and say, "Wow, Barroso's in trouble." It was a good job. Yeah, it's a good job the referee saved him. Like none of the shots that, if you look back, look at it, he back, didn't land anything. None of the shots that really doesn't Barroso land a shot in the sequence. As yeah, well, he does. Which that makes it even worse. It's gotta it's, be it's gotta be corrupt, right? Surely. Yeah. Surely. It's genuinely the worst stoppage I've ever seen in that title fight. I mean, low level I... like the club kids have shitty stoppages all the time, but in the title fight, like yeah, Jesus man, like you fucking robbed this guy, legitimately, mm. so, and shitty decision or shitty ref decisions like that. A lot of times I've seen the referee stick around to like justify themselves. Like Tony Weeks dipped immediately. He was out of there. He didn't want to have to answer for it's, his crimes. It's it's funny because the obviously the Haney Loma fight and there was a lot of talk about robbery. Oh, I mean bullshit. <laughs> that thing was you know that you can maybe say that oh yeah that one judge that gives is it Haney in the tenth round. Uh, yeah, Moretti, Dave but, Moretti. Yeah, Mor- Moretti. But compared to the compared to the Rowley fight. It's not even slightly, you know, questionable, is it? I mean, Haney won that fight. Wasn't a robbery. Were, were some of the ref- were some of the uh, scoring a bit sus? Yeah. Look at that Tony Weeks stoppage, and you have to say to yourself, like, he's been told uh, that the first possible opportunity, you you stop the fight in favour of Rowley. The secret ingredient is crime. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it looked like. Like the Lomachenko situation, the one bad card on the stuff like this that's that's the one that like because of that people are overcorrecting and saying it's a complete robbery which is this like a canelo triple g one like 118 110 nobody in their right fucking mind saw that but everyone had to overcorrect and say that a draw is a fucking robbery when it isn't it was a reasonable conclusion same with lomachenko like haney winning is a reasonable conclusion seven to five that's not that's not out of this world uh but yeah roly barroso that if you think seven five haney is reasonable then one extra round for haney may not be accurate but it's not like egregiously bad yeah yeah exactly i personally had it a draw 
but like what my score doesn't fucking matter anyway. Still, <laughs> anyone saying robbery like really have to reevaluate your life. I thought people, I was a fucking people miscreant. People overuse the word, don't they? Yeah, they do. People overuse that word so badly, and you know the the amount of legitimate robberies like, is very low. Like, there's a lot of fights that are close, but legitimate robberies, rock legitimate robberies. It's very, it's very few. Like you say, Triple G, Canelo won. Yes. And <laughs> really Barroso. <laughs> God, <laughs> that felt like a, anyway, it was a robbery from Barroso, wasn't it? It was. It absolutely was. Man, I, about overusing. Uh, like, it dilutes the power of the word uh, robbery. Or, yeah. like, a, another one that I'd like to not... That I try to refrain from using is super fight. Because it's like not every fight is a super fight. Like, like just because it's uh, like Haney Cambosos for the undisputed <laughs> title, that's not that's not a super fight. It absolutely is not. Haney Lomachenko. Well, that's a super fight. If you have four super fights a year, you either have the greatest year in boxing ever, or you need to change your definition of a super fight. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're on our way this year. I mean, we've and that had... being said, yeah, yeah. That being said, we might actually get four super fights this year. Oh, yeah, I think uh, twenty three oh. is making a run for that. Uh, reclaim the power of the super fight by actually delivering them. <laughs> yeah. Are there any MMA examples of a referee stepping in when they absolutely did not need to? There's more examples of referees jumping in too late, or there's been a few Herb Dean ones where he makes it look like he's going to jump in and stop the fight, and then he sort of does, lets it go on for a bit longer, and then he actually does. There's been a, there's been a few of them. <laughs> there's... <laughs> There's a, a famous guy, a referee, Mario Yamasaki. Um, Dana used to hate this guy. Basically, he was known for letting fights go on way too long. Like, um, they, used, they used to have, like, sayings about him that, like, he was, you know, <laughs> giving, like, sacrifices to the gods and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was just like, thinking. Like, that would be the thing that I letting, would say. Letting guys be warriors in air quotes, and it's... You know, he, he he doesn't ref anymore, not in the UFC anyway, he probably still refs in other organizations. He's gonna referee the uh Nganu fights at BFL. Oh no. <laughs> like Could these, you imagine <laughs> these poor poor like dad bods with day jobs are gonna be thrown into the into a cage with Nganu and yeah, his expression was like I, I have seriously fucked up by by electing to do this. <laughs> That's gonna happen to no, every. He's not even gonna. He's not. They're gonna have that expression for maybe half a second, and then they're gonna be out and on their back, and they're gonna eat about four more hammer fists before he, Mario jumps in and before he considers considers jumping in. Let alone. Oh, yeah, he'll probably doing get it. close. He'll, he'll inch closer. Uh, well, his his arms were twitching, so I thought he was trying to defend himself. Do you know how you say it? Um, uh, now you say it. There's there's a lot of examples of ones where like um, referee like referees have thought that guys have gone out because their arm goes limp, but they haven't actually tapped. Like there's been a yeah. few of them, hasn't there? The uh, like, the the Ben Askren and uh, Robbie Lawler fight. Is Robbie the, Lawler one. Yeah. Probably the most famous example in recent history. It's a fight where if you watch it in real time, even as a fan, you think he's gone out, but you watch it back. You second guess it, especially like because as soon as he wa- Herb waves the fight, 
Lawler's on his feet, like protesting, like what's going on. But if you watch it in real time, it's like his arm just drops for no reason. And Askren appears to have a bulldog choke on him. It's controversial, but it's not quite to the level of a guy got hit by zero punches and was waved off. You said Ben Askren. Immediately in my head, I remembered that (laughs) spinning back fist. And then I remembered one one of the fight night cards ended with a spinning back fist that went in, missed, and went into a choke. I think that was the Morono fight. It was. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Now that I remember it. Thanks, you, Ben. Ben Askren's spinning, uh, spinning back fist is one of the greatest things of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he was announced to be fighting Jake Paul, I was, <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Who is Ben Askren? And then that's how that's what people showed me. I was like, this is him. I'm like, wow. Did, oh. like, did, this is what... Oh. Jake Paul's gonna fight Look this guy. <laughs> Man's going Beyblade. <laughs> Beyblade. He does look like that Beyblade. <laughs> he does. He really does. Let it rip. Uh. <laughs> Let it fucking rip, Ben. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh. Uh, so, any more shitty referee decisions? Even, not necessarily like they stop something early but just shady decisions overall before we move on to July 29th uh, nah I don't think so alright well oh my. oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god we get stuff like this oh my god I'm like I'm like a giddy giddy kid it's Brock isn't it <laughs> he's not here actually oh, he's not right here that's what I thought you were getting excited about <laughs> oh no we gotta talk about 729 Horiegechi Oh, holy titty balls. Oh, well, somebody made a good point about this. I don't know who I was watching. It was one of the YouTube channels. Um, it's at Salt Lake City, which is, isn't that quite elevated? Yes. Yeah. Last, the a few times we've had fights here, it's been obvious that guys have gassed. The, the case that somebody made earlier was uh, Leon Edwards versus Usman in the first title fight. Um, Edwards basically did nothing for like the middle three rounds until he landed that head kick at the end. It was probably because he was gassed from the elevation. I mean, that's absolutely going to play a role. That is actually a little bit of a sour taste. Why are they putting this card in Salt Lake City? This is the best card of the year, maybe. It's probably Dana White just an asshole. He he is he is an asshole. That that I mean that's confirmed. Uh. Um. The only upside is that a lot of these guys either have one round knockout power and are probably going to try and do that. And if they don't, they have like stellar cardio, like Justin Gaethje and Dustin and Tony Ferguson. Oh, Ferguson's finished though. Do you know what? I've just looked down the card and my favorite UFC fighter is is fighting Derek Lewis. Oh, I was just fucking looking at him too. I was like, for some reason, my eyes were drawn to him when you said your favorite. We're Ronda Rousey finest. <laughs> He's hilarious. Even the Kiesa Holland fight, that's a good fight. Thompson Pereira will be good. Oh my god, it's that crazy Pereira. That's going to be an amazing fight. Cost, Costa is never in boring fights. I'm a bit He's sad about that. He's going to get called by oh, I hope not. I hope not. You're probably right though. Alex Pereira just lost to Adesanya. So he moves up, and he's the number one contender? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. But, the fuck? Yeah. I can understand putting him in like the bottom of the top ten or something, but 
they'll retroactively justify this number one ranking when he beats Yon. Oh, right. They should have just but, put like a question mark in there. I'm like, this is this is the gauge. We're gonna see where he lands on the on the one to fifteen spectrum. Is this a other Pereira guy? Or is are they related by chance? Uh, probably not. No, no, that other Pereira is is. Do you know like Johnny Walker's insane? This this Pereira's insane like that. Oh shit! Okay, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, he's uh. He's on a five-fight win streak, ten wins by knockout, seven by submission. He's uh, that that'll be an amazing. Stephen Thompson is an amazing. That is going to be an unbelievable fight. Man, that's really cool. Uh, Tony Ferguson, I know that name. He's oh, he's Tony. so washed. He's so yeah. yeah. Oh. When I was, I think I had, I think I already mentioned this, but the other day when we were talking about Holloway, I was thinking of Tony Ferguson. <laughs> All yeah, MMA thankfully. fighters look alike to me. Thankfully, he's fighting Bobby Green. Bobby's like on his way out too. Okay, so that's not so bad. Uh, he could yeah, knock Ferguson out though. He, he's still right. He still absolutely could starch Ferguson. So it, you know, this could be a very sad fight. But Kevin Holland, we'll I think I know that name too. He's a bit of like yeah, he a... fights like every other fight card nowadays. Cool. Yeah, he, he's a bit funny as well. Like he's got a bit about him. Like he talk on the mic and things like that. Well, I'm riding for Gaethje. I have to. It's an Arizona thing, I guess. <laughs> but that's a, yeah, that's a pretty stacked card. Like even I can see that. It's so rare to see like all seven fights. Like these are all banger fights. Like these are all oh, yeah. great. Like you yeah. can see these on individually on different cards and say, oh, I need to circle that one. That one's gonna be good. And every single one of them is like, yeah, we gotta watch this. I just pray nobody gets injured and drops out or replaced. Please, MMA gods. I think the on the other side of the aisle, uh, Spence Crawford, the undisputed welterweight fight in boxing, oh, is also official. Yes. So it, that's that's a major major weekend, um, and just a few I, days before, like we mentioned, Stephen Fulton versus uh, Naoya Inoue. I can't believe I'm going to say this on this podcast, but I'm probably more excited for Spence Crawford than I am the UFC card. Uh, I definitely am, but I mean, that reasoning is obvious. I think we're all in agreement here. I mean, that is, that's a super fight. That's a super fight. Super fights in boxing. That is yeah. the fight in boxing. Yeah. And it's been, what, four years brewing now? Yeah, at least. Undisputed. In arguably the most, uh, yeah, in arguably the most stat division. And to, you know, Crawford's been undisputed at the weight below. Man, and whoever wins, what a win it's going to be on their resume. And you also have to, I think, have to be a little grateful here that it's happening when both guys are still in their prime. Like, this would be better if yes. this happened last November, but both guys are still at their peak. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal fight here. Um, I'm glad that this is the year I decided to start watching MMA, finally, after my... Uh, my brother-in-law pestering me for ages, and my yeah. sister too. Like, they're like, "Hey, are you watching the UFC card?" Like, the fuck! Why would I watch that shit? <laughs> what have I been well, missing? Oh my goodness! Thank God for your brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for uh for this block. Wow, we, we've got math today with the time, haven't we? Uh, yeah. We actually we made pretty good time here. I'll be able to shave off a little bit for like gaps and stuff. I cut out the plugs because uh, the outro voiceover that we got takes care of all that. So, gentlemen, parting words. Fuck Tyson Fury. 
always. Um, I'd like to thank Al Heyman for making <laughs> my uh, hopes and dreams come true. <sighs> and I'll give a begrudging thank you to Dana White for this card, because this is a special <laughs> card coming up. Yeah. Hold on a well second. done to uh, actually well done to Spence and Crawford's camps for getting this fight made. All right, so I wrote these for a different show that I was trying to get people to jump on. Never happened, but it doesn't matter. So this is a prayer to Al Heyman. <laughs> All right, Al Heyman, who manages in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy promoters come, thy promotions done <laughs> on Showtime as they are on Fox. Give us this day our daily prelims and forgive us our media outbursts as we forgive them that make social posts against us. Lead us not into interim titles, but deliver us to championships. For thine is the elite stable, the premier, the boxing, the champions, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hey, Amen. Hey, Amen. Yeah, that's fucking right. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that's going to do it. Anyone listening, thank you. Yeah. So much, fu- so many fights coming, so many fights. Uh, we, we're gonna have to do um, mid-year awards, like first half KO fighter, all that shit. So maybe that's something to start thinking about since we got about like a little over a month. Mm, sounds good. All right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, guys, we are out of here. Yeah, peace, guys. That was a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed, or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net.